With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. And today, well, we came in getting ready to talk about how the Pittsburgh Steelers have not made a move at inside linebacker moments before we started recording the Pittsburgh Steelers, at least news broke that they have agreed to terms with Cole Holcomb out of the Washington Commanders, a four-year starter, suffered a foot injury in December, had season-ending surgery. He will undergo a physical on Thursday if he clears. He's headed to Pittsburgh on a three-year deal. Outside of that, Robert Spillane heads to Vegas. Uh, Leighton Vandresh, who the Steelers were apparently in on, heads back to Dallas. Larry Ogunjobi stays in Pittsburgh for the next three years. DeMonte KZ's back for two there's a new big man in house. He big, Nate, he big. And Patrick Peterson, the splash of it all, coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers. First off, it's a beautiful day. I know you're down in good old Dayton, Ohio. That's right. In the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. I, I saw I saw your tweet yesterday, two days ago or something, that was like, this place is like the moon or whatever. You couldn't find an Uber. That didn't surprise me. I don't know like what you were doing. But Dayton, to me, Dayton, Ohio, just I just pictured just land everywhere and maybe like a couple of buildings i grew up in scranton if you google scranton it's the worst looking city of all time i would imagine dayton's like right there behind it dayton dayton was pretty good to me but yes it was so i'm staying a little bit outside of the city maybe 15 minutes and yeah dude getting getting into the city is tough without without your own car um like i would open the uber app or whatever and it would be 80 dollars to try to go you know the 10 miles or whatever into the city um, what did you just say? $80, yeah, $80. And then, well, but then like, you'd, oh, you'd close it and reopen it again and you'd be back down to 25 or whatever. And it was just wow. weird like that. And then when you actually ordered one, it took like 25 minutes for the driver to actually, for them to actually get you a driver and the driver to get there. It was, it was a little bit of a pain, but we figured it out. We made it. That's, we're, uh, we're all good. That's we wild. Yeah. 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 If I knew that, if I knew Uber's were 80 bucks, we would have, we would have got you closer to. The city didn't realize Dayton, Ohio has one Uber driver that just circles around. So that's all good. But Pitt did win crazy fashion. I, I was telling you, my fiance was passed out next to me. I like woke up like I I fell asleep. We fell asleep watching a movie because I knew like I wasn't watching the beginning of Pitt versus Mississippi State. Just didn't you know didn't excite me. Um, but I wanted to watch the second half. So I tur- woke back up. It was like 10 o'clock. I turned on the second half. And by the end of that game, for those of you who don't know, one point win by the Panthers. I, I was sitting there like I was trying really hard not to jump or yell or be like, oh, my gosh. And then like the cats were like getting excited with me. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. But uh, it was uh, it was definitely a good game. Do you think they beat Iowa State? To be honest, I don't really know much about Iowa State. Um, I've seen from what I've seen. Yeah, Iowa State's beatable. Um, 
really don't know how I like I've watched a little bit of Iowa State this year, not a whole lot, but from what I do know about them, the fact that they're a thick seed is a little a little surprising. Um yeah. but Iowa State is generally considered one of the weaker six seeds out there. Um there are a lot of people who were calling for whoever won this game between Pitt and Mississippi State for them to upset Iowa State. That was one of the, you know, most likely upsets in the first round. Um so yeah, they've they've got they've definitely got a shot. Um and you know, even after that, like their path is pretty favorable. Like playing Xavier, that's another team they can beat after that. I don't know who how it would kind of shake out or who their next opponent might be, but yeah, no, there's there's a chance for Pitt to stack a few wins in this tournament, not just kind of be be one and done. Wow, that's uh that's wild. And we will talk Pittsburgh Steelers here in a second. I know everybody's gonna get impatient but first i just want to lay a stat on you i saw this from Optostats on twitter this morning mm-hmm. of all the d1 teams ever Pitt is the first one in the last 20 i guess not ever in the last 25 years to score 60 points or fewer shoot 35 percent or worse from two point 60 percent or worse from the free throw and get out rebounded by 20 or more and still win a game in the last 25 years Teams are 0 and 348. They are now 1 and 348. So Pitt, magical run. Keep keep it going. It's uh it's fun to watch. It's cool to be a part of, I would say. Um, so so you know, keep dancing and next time maybe win me some money. Let's there that was <laughs> yeah, like I, I had I, I I was feeling gutsy, I went to over. It's just, it, it was a bad move. I know it was, it was the wrong move. I felt it in my gut. It was the wrong move. So next time, please just win me some money. All right. Well, for a while, talk. it looked, it looked like it would hit in the, I think yeah. the over was 130 or something. 133 133. Or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, that's the easiest over ever. <laughs> like, the, especially <laughs> if they start hitting threes. Nope. Nope. Lost some money. Tend to do that a lot, but that's okay. <laughs> Let's talk some Pittsburgh Steelers football. We'll talk about who has signed. And I think the the biggest name right now, because coming into today, everybody was having a panic attack about how the Pittsburgh Steelers have not signed an inside linebacker. That has changed. Cole Holcomb comes to Pittsburgh pending a physical tomorrow. Now, if he passes the physical, and I think that's a bigger question mark than people actually know, because Larry Ogunjobi was set to sign a massive deal with the Chicago Bears last year had a foot injury in December. Uh, I think his was a little later. It, it was like January. It was the beginning of the playoffs that he got hurt. Holcomb got hurt, had surgery December 5th, I believe. So you have to, and it was still on the foot. So you have to imagine that that is still a question mark. If he does pass, he comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers with 48 starts in his first four years in the NFL. He's a fifth round pick. For the Washington Commanders, he's got 388 tackles, four and a half sacks, 15 tackles for loss, three interceptions, five forced fumbles, and 10 pass deflections. That is not a bad resume for a guy who has only played 50 games in his NFL career. Even this past year, he played seven games. He had 69 tackles by the time he was out for the season. Is it a win? I I would say I classify this move as safe. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think safe's a good way to describe it. Um, this is a guy who's obviously produced. Um, we don't know financial terms yet, right? We know the length. No, financial much. terms have not been released. I would imagine that comes after the physical. But if, I, I mean, look, just to add a reference here, he is significantly down the list. Uh, on the 33rd team, which has had all the rankings for all the free agents, and, and the 33rd team usually knows what they're talking about, he is 
uh, how many spots here below? He's he's pretty so he he's right below Cody Barton. He's the next name below Cody Barton on this list. Barton signed a one year three point five million dollar deal. He is a few above Duke Riley, three four above Duke Riley, who signed a two year five million dollar deal. So I would imagine it's about two two and a half million dollars a year. That sounds great. That is like for yeah. a guy who's produced this much. Um, you know, obviously the foot is a concern, like you said, but I don't know that this feels like a pretty safe bet. Um, it's a guy who can play right away. It seems like he's gonna like. I just wonder. My my big question is 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 this the only move? You know, because it yeah. seems like this is this is just who they're gonna plug in and play right away at the moment. But do they reach for another linebacker in the draft? Do they? reach for another one in free agency. I don't know. Cause it, it's still, I, I think people were looking for more of a slam, like a slam dunk or a home run, kind of a splash splashy move. And this is not that. No, it is definitely not that. I, mm-hmm. And reports have come out. I mean, Ian Rappaport said with this deal, he was like, the Steelers have been heavy on the inside linebacker market. Somebody uh, from NFL network reported yesterday that the Steelers were in, on Leighton Landerish or Leighton Vanderish, I keep saying that name wrong. Leighton Vanderish, how are you missing on guys that are signing five million dollar deals and say that you're heavy on the inside linebacker market? So maybe, maybe it is their last at least free agency signing because they just don't want to spend any money on the position, which is wild to me. Because if you're not spending six million dollars a year, why are you freaking out about? It? Like, why, why are you even trying if you're not trying to get a guy? Right. That's worth five or six million dollars. I will say this though: in the last forty-eight hours, they've taken they they all always attend Clemson's pro day. That's like Mike Tomlin's first stop on the scouting trail every single year. Last year, they took the quarterbacks out to dinner. That was the thing. Everywhere they went, if it was a first-round possible quarterback, they took them out to dinner. Got a little look at them. This year, they took Trenton Simpson out to dinner, starting off strong. And I think he's met with them at the NFL Combine now. He met with them at the Pro Day. They took him out to dinner. And he said that nobody talked to him more at the Pro Day than Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So maybe that's their option. At 32, they're looking to add Trenton Simpson or or one of these other off-ball linebackers in the draft. I think that's fans are going to be very upset about that one because nobody seems to like these guys. But maybe that's, you know, maybe that's a piece that they feel they could develop while they have Miles Jack, Luke Cole, Cole Holcomb. Don't you want to don't you want to say Luke Comb? Doesn't Luke yeah. Comb <laughs> want to come out of your mouth? Because it wants to come out yeah. of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole Holcomb and then Mark Robinson's entering year two when he played a role at the end of the season. Maybe that's their plan. I don't know. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's necessarily a good one. But I also think that inside linebacker is the most useless position on a football field defensively outside of like nose tackle on passing downs but like i mean what you could you could eliminate all but one inside linebacker on most downs and as long as you have one which i think they do have one then maybe it's not a you know maybe playing it safe is fine yeah well i mean you might get run over like the you know you might get yeah yeah you definitely could especially if demonte kz is your only safety you could have an issue but i think that you if you solidify the defensive line, you could work around inside linebacker. But maybe this guy is reliable. You know, maybe this guy comes in here and he's totally fine. And there's a reason that he was a captain in his first four years in the NFL. And if he didn't get hurt, maybe he's resigning with the Washington Commanders. I don't know how good Washington's defense was last year, but 
I just don't I don't view Washington as a good team. So it's yeah. hard to, you know, justify anybody that comes from there who's not named Chase Young and be like, oh, <laughs> this guy, this guy's the guy right here. But Darren Payne was high on a lot of people's lists. So maybe maybe Cole Holcomb is is the move. I don't know. I think that's a big question mark that we will wait and see. We all anticipated Robert Spillane was coming back to Pittsburgh. He's off to Vegas. Two-year, $9 million deal. A lot of people called me out because in my video of Spillane signing, I said that that was a good move for the Raiders and for Spillane. I think two years, it's a max of $9 million. I think that's a fair deal for for Spillane. I think he's on the uprise, maybe. Do, do you hate it? Do you love it? Do, you know, is it a good move for Spillane? I, I, if we're being honest, I think it removes the question mark of Spillane and the Steelers' unrealistic fascination with this guy. So I think it's a good move for Pittsburgh. I think it's a good move for Spillane. Like, that's a very fair number for him. Um, he definitely earned himself a lot more money at the end of last year. Um, I feel like that's a good number for the Raiders, too. That's maybe a, a little bit of an overpay, but not anything worth – but it's not a ridiculous overpay. I think that's that's pretty close to what its value is. Um, but I do agree with you that the Steelers had kind of latched onto this guy in a way that seemed unhealthy is not the right word, but just no, unhealthy is a good word. Healthy is <laughs> unhealthy is a good. It, it was unhealthy how much faith they had in a guy who continuously just didn't meet the bill, except for run blocking or run stuffing. He's great at run stuffing. But I agree mm-hmm. with you. I think unhealthy is a good word. Yeah. But I said I do think Holcomb seems like not an upgrade. If not an upgrade, then the exact same thing. Um maybe a little bit more like those splash plays, like um, you know, uh tackles for loss, things like that. Like that Holcomb seems like he has more potential in, in that area. I feel like Robert Spillane yeah. was he kind of was who he was, and there wasn't really much room for him to be a different player or add add much to his game, but Holcomb is a little younger. Um are like I don't know, he's been more productive through this point in his career than than Spillane has. Um I, it seems like it was a Oh so mutually- just to just to just to toss this out there real quick. Don't mean to interrupt. So oh, yeah. you said splash, okay? Mm-hmm. Just to just to toss a number out here. Just toss a figure. Robert Spillane has Luke Holcomb has one touchdown in his career. It's a 31 yard interception. Mm. Robert Splane has one touchdown in his career. It's a 33 yard interception return for a touchdown against Lomar Jackson, who at the time, hmm. I guess, was 2020. So he was winning MVP, hmm. I believe. Maybe it was the year after that he won MVP. I think yeah, it was the year after. Mm. So he was building up to MVP, <laughs> one splash year. But you're 100% correct. I think it's. It's the right move. I mean, Spillane, this guy is only 26, Spillane's 27, so they're like roughly on the same path, but Spillane has had half the production that Holcomb has had statistically the last three seasons. So right. even even last year with Spillane playing 100% of the snaps the last four games of the season, he had 10 more tackles than Cole Holcomb, who played seven games. So it's definitely an upgrade. It's a good, it's a good move. I don't think it's a bad move. And once we get financial numbers, I think it's fine. I think there was better options, but the Steelers always have a weird plan. A lot of times it doesn't work out, but a lot of times it does work out. And maybe, uh, maybe this is one of them. 
Larry Ogunjobi, I think, is the second biggest name that comes back to Pittsburgh. Three years, $28.75 million, $21.75 million in the first two years. A bit pricey. But after I looked over everything, after I kind of sat down and thought about it, he was the easiest decision to bring back. And if you're going to overpay him a little bit, I think that's okay to say, hey, look, we have a defensive end. We don't have to worry about the position for the next couple of years. And we could add depth that could replace him that maybe has more upside. And, and we didn't, they didn't necessarily break the bank for Larry O, even if they did overpay him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Um, I just, you know, I feel like the, the defensive line market was real expensive. Like there was, there was a big gap between like that top tier of defensive linemen that you could have gotten in the yeah. free agent market versus, where Ogunjobi is, which I think is kind of in a second tier. Um, And I, yeah, I guess you, you kind of have to pay for like, if you're not going to pay one of those top tier guys, this is what you have to do to get to fill this position in need. Um, I, I, you know, I don't love Larry Ogunjobi. He's not far from my favorite player on this team, especially at that price tag, but you know, you need a defensive lineman, and if you weren't going to s- swing for the fences on a guy like Javon Hargrave, uh, then this is probably your best bet outside of that. Um, probably your most yeah. affordable, and like in terms of value, like return on investment or you know value return on investment, that this is probably the move they had to make. Yeah, and you look at the market. Like, in my opinion, it's still a bit of a steal. Like Javon Hargrave went for $84 million. Deron Payne, who I didn't think was deserving of this, got a $90 million deal. Dalvin Tomlinson got $52 million. You know, Dramont Jones got $51 million. Even guys below Ogunjobi in the rankings got David Anyamata, who signed with the Falcons, three years, $35 million. So I feel like even in the grand scheme of things, the market was so high that maybe... Maybe that is a realistic price tag for Ogan Joby. You know, maybe that is where they were going to get him for the cheap. And maybe he did come back on a better deal than what he would have got somewhere else. But just like you said, like it solidifies a position where you just don't have to work. Like it's been years. It's like the inside linebacker room. It's been years since the Pittsburgh Steelers have been able to relax about defensive end, which is a key position for them. This past year, they didn't have to worry about it. Ogan Joby was the guy. DeMarvin Leal was his backup. I think they'll probably draft another defensive end, defensive tackle guy in the middle of this draft. And you could just you, you could just take a deep breath and focus on other positions, which I think is the good move or the right move for the Steelers. I thought Larry O was the easiest re-signing. Again, a little bit pricey, but n- not a terrible deal. Demonte KZ comes back on a two-year deal. And then, I mean, we've said this before. We think that Terrell Edmonds is, is probably gone. That's That was our bold prediction coming into this he's still sitting out there the the thing is i think right now is that there is very few names very few safeties who have signed deals where you know the where where edmonds might sign a deal and they've all they've all been very cheap like i don't know what the the patriots signed jabril peppers i think he's the closest one to a terrell edmonds type signing yesterday and I don't know what the financial numbers are, but I would imagine it's not a lot of money. So I think the safety market's kind of, it's doing exactly what we thought it was going to do. It was going to be absolutely nothing. Instead, they got KZ. Do you still 
sit with the notion that Ed- Edmonds is gone. Yeah, I kind of do. Um, I felt like I feel like the longer he sits out there, the less likely he is to he is to come back to Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, because I think the safety market is only going to dry up with time, and I think he's going to feel the pressure to sign earlier, like sign sooner. Um, cause you know, the longer he sits out there, the lower his price goes quite honestly. Like, I feel like it, yeah, I agree. It, it does not work for him to sit out there as long as possible. Um, so yeah, I, I, and I don't know, it seems like the Steelers are content to wait him out, especially like signing KZ first. I feel like that kind of is a signal to, to Edmonds to buy the Steelers saying, look, man, do your thing, but we're not. We're not going to fight that hard to keep you here if you are looking for something else or looking for more somewhere else. Yeah, I agree. And I think you could get $6 million for him or somebody could get him for like $6 million somewhere right now. Boom, he leaves. Why would you bring him back? You know, if you're if you're not spending big any literally anywhere outside right. of Larry O, I guess, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's still cheap for that for that position. Why would you spend big on? Terrell Edmonds. I mean, maybe that could could shock us today, but I think the Steelers, I think the news that's going to come now is cuts. It's this guy's gone. This guy's gone. This guy restructured. They're, they're creating money to see where they're at. And then maybe Edmonds, but I think by then Edmonds is, is probably gone and off to a new team. Then they brought in, they made, they made some splash. Okay. Cam Sutton gone to Detroit. Shout out cam. You know, I don't care what anybody's thoughts are on the deal or if you know Patrick Peterson was an upgrade or whatever I'm excited for Cam I'm happy that he got a good deal Cam is my favorite person in the Steelers locker room I I talked to uh Fan Nation's Detroit Lions guy just literally the second he got signed and I was just raving about that I was like look at Cam Mm -hmm. is the nicest human being you'll meet he's a he's a hard worker he's gonna play through injury that's our guy right there they replaced him with Patrick Peterson. I don't know about I'm so excited just to meet Patrick. Like, I can't wait to walk into a locker room and be like, Patrick Peterson, nice, great to meet you. Um, mm-hmm. I was like 11 when you came into the league. Or, no, I guess I was older than that. I was like 15 when you came into the league. And I was so excited for you to come into the league. Like, you were my idol. Yeah. Wish you didn't go to Arizona. Wanted you to come to Pittsburgh. Wasn't going to happen. <laughs> it's okay. Now you're here. They signed him, and then they signed good old Nate Herbig which we have to start the nickname he big Nate he big I think you already have I don't, yeah. I don't know what yeah. this we is you have already been pushing this it's it's the easiest nickname you could come up with for this guy he's massive he's six something it says 324 pounds zero chance he's under 375 <laughs> there's no chance he's under 375 he played for Andy Weidel in Philadelphia started a whole bunch of games for them over his course time. He's an undrafted guy in 2019 plays guard. I think the, the real question is, do you think he competes with Kevin Dotson or do you think he's just here to kick Kendrick green to the side and say, Hey, now we have a solidified depth piece. No, I think he, I think he'll compete for a starting job. Look like Kevin Dotson was not perfect. Like I know that offensive line was not as bad as people thought it was going to be. And it improved in some areas, but there's no one along that. There's very few guys. If anyone along that offensive line that should feel absolutely safe in their in their starting role um yeah there's uh, i'm sure when we get to training camp or otas they'll be talking about you know oh everyone's got to earn their job i think that's actually true 
along the offensive line. I don't think that's going to be coach speak or anything. Um, so, I, so I like this. I mean, you know, any whether it's just for depth or this is a guy that they think is going to start on on or has a chance to start on opening day, I think this is a a good signing and a signing that they needed. Yeah, I'm super excited for Nate Herbig. Nate Hebig. I, I think that that was a good move. He's young. He's two years younger than Kevin Dotson. They got him for two years. I think bare minimum, he's really good depth. Peak, he's the starting left guard of the future for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And people are people are hating on Mason Cole a little bit, saying that the Steelers should find a center, blah, blah, blah. I think the Steelers could build their offensive line through these free agency guys and kind of like build around it. You know what I mean? Go find another left tackle, maybe find a guard to, to replace he big in a couple of years. But I think that's it. I was so, so hyped about the move. I think it's a good move. I watched some tape on him yesterday. That guy is massive, massive. And he is just, he's just a stocky guy. Like is he's six, four or something. And he somehow looks tiny, but like <laughs> huge at the same time. It's he's a little, he's a giant meatball what he is and i'm uh i think he's i think it's a great move for the pittsburgh steelers was very excited about that one and you get him on the cheap which i think is awesome patrick peterson do you think it's an upgrade from cam sutton i think i think the real question is does this and i think we could both i think we're both going to agree on this does this solidify that they are certainly drafting a cornerback with that first pick yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I think they are still in on a quarterback with that first pick or a cornerback with that first pick. Um, there's too many good ones, quite honestly. Like that's, yeah. uh, you know, like there are too many to- those top line guys that could really be game changers, corners of the future. You know, all of franchise players, all that kind of stuff. Um, in this draft, I don't know if Patrick Peterson is an upgrade, but like. Like Cam had a really good year, and I think he's a really good player. I think Patrick Peterson still still has it, and I think he can oh, still yeah. be a really productive, um, like really productive guy for the Steelers. Yeah, I mean st- statistically, and, and you gotta you gotta count. Cam had a couple of drops last year; his mm-hmm. interception numbers would have been bonkers. But Peterson had a better year. He had five interceptions and the same amount of pass breakups. Granted, they play they play a lot of off ball scheme. Where Cam is Cam is a punchy in the face kind of line uh, kind of cornerback, and Patrick Peterson at this point in his career is more of a I'm gonna play the system. You know what I mean? I, I know how to read a route better than anybody on the field, but I think that's what they're looking for is they bring in Joey Porter Jr. or Deontay Banks or Devin Witherspoon or whoever, and they say you are gonna learn from the greatest cornerback of our generation. You know, you, you this is a first ballot Hall of Famer, hands down. You know, three time All Pro, eight time Pro Bowler, still got it. You're going to learn from him for two years. Then he's going to retire. I think that was awesome is that he came out and said, oh, I got two years in me and then we're done. And uh, and I think that's that's perfect. He also uh, he he went on an emergency podcast. I know you you were driving when all this happened, but he went on he went on his podcast and he said that no, he wants number seven. And then everybody's like, you're not allowed to have number seven. And he's like, oh, OK, never mind. I won't take number seven. But I hope that Trey Norwood gets a good payout for his number 21 and that they can work out a deal there. Um Last thing I got for you before we leave, Devin Bush is still sitting on the market. Do you think he signs anywhere before free agency opens? And if he doesn't sign, are we inching closer to a Devin Bush return? No, I I don't think so. Like I, I don't think he signs before free agency starts. I don't, 
I, like I just don't know who want like who who needs Devin Bush, who needs a Devin Bush right now. Not the Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers. don't. Right, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just don't know what the market for Devin Bush is. I don't know who needs him. He, he'll probably he probably like at a certain point, he has to kind of swallow his pride a little. Like he has to kind of be honest with himself, and because I think he wants not a lot, you know, but he I think he thinks of himself very highly. Um, and that's yeah. never a bad thing. Um, but he probably thinks of himself more highly than than a lot of NFL teams do. Yeah, he's uh, roughly like 10 spots ahead of Holcomb on this 33rd team rankings. But I, just like you said, I don't think he's going to be very comfortable taking a $3 million a year type of salary. And I think somebody's going to toss him that. And I think he's just going to be like, no, man, I'm worth way more than that. You're not. He's just he's just not. And I, I, I don't think anything he's done in the last two years has shown that he's worth some splash signing. It's all about potential. I think he could get a one-year prove-it deal somewhere and then try to get a bigger market next year. But I agree with you. I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers want to touch him. Otherwise, they would have brought him back. And I don't think Devin Bush wants anything to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. So they're feeling good. It's just about to start. We are still hours away from the official. My, my phone's blowing up every five seconds, <laughs> so I just keep looking at it. Um, from the official start of free agency, again, I expect the Steelers to make a lot of cuts and rework some deals today. I don't expect a lot of splash signings in the next couple of hours, but I, I don't think they're done. I think they're just getting started. It's an exciting time. Make sure to check out everything on allsteelers.com. And as always, find us on youtube.com and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. We will be back or I will be back on Friday to break down everything that has happened throughout the week. Enjoy your week. Peace.